Hey everyone, this is Brian from Front Porch Swingers bringing you another Sex on Your Terms interview. You know, I'm reaching out to some of the guys in the lifestyle, some of the gentlemen that are in the podcast space as well. Thought it would be nice to share the guy's perspective. We hear a lot of the women's perspective, and rightfully so, but I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation one-on-one with a couple of the gentlemen that I really enjoy listening to uh, and communicating with in the lifestyle. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Richard from Room 77. We have not had the opportunity to speak, and fortunately, it's taken me this long to do so, but I'm super excited. So today, it's Richard from Room 77 and I just talking some shit. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. I am Brian, the less attractive half of the Front Porch Swinger couple, and I am on today with a guy I've been really eager to talk to. I feel like we've got a lot in common and probably a pretty similar outlook on uh, on a number of different things based on the short conversation we've had. I've got Richard, the less attractive half of Room 77, on with me as well. Richard, what's happening, man? <laughs> in my mind, I am so super attractive. I This is news to me. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. I actually thought that I knew you for a long time. I went, when you contacted me, you're like, hey, do you want to do the show? I was like, yeah. I thought like a year ago, you reached out to me and you're like, hey, dude, listen to the show. Really, really good. And this entire time for that whole year, in my mind, I was like, whatever happened to that dude? I don't know where he went, <laughs> but always had a really good sort of perception of you in my head. And then when I went into the Twitter chat, I looked and there was absolutely no history. And I'd asked you, I was like, did we talk? And you're like, no, this is the first time. So I had liked you for a really long time for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I don't know who I was talking to. So now you have to start fresh. Well, you, you to... didn't. Yeah. I mean, you liked me. You didn't know me. So I'm going to fuck I... this entire thing up. No, don't sure. fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. You just start right now. <laughs> Well, good. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know uh, you've got a little bit of downtime, much like a lot of us do, So, I, but I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And I apologize for not contacting you sooner. Uh, we do have some mutual acquaintances, and they have been telling me for the past two years, oh, listen, you guys get along great. you got a lot of similar you know, characteristics, and you know, Richard's got a great personality. You need to talk to him. So I'm glad we're doing this finally. When your face looks like this, you have to lead with your personality. Oh, listen, you're not telling me nothing, brother. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I am not the attractive part of my fucking couple. That's for sure. I'm just like, I'm the landscape. I'm not, well, uh, I'm not here for the, for what, the is, what is going on? So you're doing this thing with just guys, which I yeah. think we, we need to be heard. Good for yeah. you, man. Listen, I appreciate women's perspective as much like yourself, I'm sure. I love women. You know, I love my partner and I love to hear, you know, everything she's got to say about the lifestyle. But, you know, we don't, you don't hear from the guys a lot because, again, when it comes to the lifestyle, we kind of just show up when we're told to, where to show up and when. And, you know, that's pretty much it, as it should be. But we have opinions, right? I, I do. I do. And I think that, you know, I mean, if, if nobody knows uh, who's listening to you, Lauren, my wife, and I, we work at a swingers resort, basically. So we are confronted with couples all the time. Sure. And one of the one of the things that people fall into is that uh, the the women control all of the decision in every single swinger or lifestyle relationship. And that's just not the case. There are so many different degrees and so many different voices and so many different sort of gatekeepers and key masters, what we call them. We never, ever assume that the the female is running the show. And that is that is something that everybody, if you're just getting started, should know. Never, ever assume that one of those parties is is just absolutely running the show. Yeah. Uh, and in, in our position, I am usually the shot caller. It usually behind the scenes, but only because my wife is a person that's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she can't make a decision. So I'm like, ah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I like it. Right. So yeah, but but it is it is common to hear that sort of the, the women's side of thing, the female side of things, but uh, we do get trounced a lot. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a, it, yeah, it's to be expected, I suppose, right, to some degree. But I agree with you. There is no one person who makes all the decisions, at least not, not in our my experience, where right. you've got a couple where just simply the gal is making decisions or the or the guy's making the decisions. It is it's got to be a communicative group effort. It does seem that way, seemingly so, but it is not the truth even in our, in our relationship. I joke yeah. about it a lot, but Brent and I make those decisions together. Now, I certainly wouldn't do anything that she's not comfortable with nor would she do anything I'm not comfortable with. But we do make those decisions collectively. So I appreciate you bringing that up. We do have a voice. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it is utter chaos b yeah. making a decision. But uh, we get there. We get there eventually. For together. sure. 
Do you guys have a similar situation to us where obviously I, everyone talks about the unicorns, right? That single gal that wants to play with the couple. I disagree entirely. I think the most difficult connection is the couple on couple connection for us. I, it's been the most difficult. I completely agree. Uh, you know, before one of the, the circumstances we have being down here at the resort, it's a couples only resort, right? right? So when we are living inside of a sex dating app, basically, that only caters to couples. So one of the things that we had to take a, take out of our lives, unfortunately, was that single male or single female experience, which was always our go-to. It was always the most comfortable for us for whatever reason. There's different reasons for the female, uh, you know, male, female, or male, or whatever that threesome is made up of. There was always sort of it was always sort of easier for us and and being in a couples only situation always 100% of the time is a lot more stressful. It really is. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm sure I can't imagine how difficult it must be especially for you for you folks in the situation that you're in, right? I mean, you're not only interacting on a professional level with with the guests and the couples, but you're also meeting couples and it's yeah. got to be a real fine line you're walking. And for us, like you, we prefer that single guy or single gal. It is just an easier, more comfortable connection. It just works better. Nine times out of 10, we can make that work much easier than we can a, a, a couple. Yeah, we we really enjoy uh, another fella in our bed. That is our first, our first choice, usually. Same yeah. here. Absolutely. So for us, that's our go-to. And Brenna, we, you know, we play in the hot wife space. Brenna is uh, someone who plays with single guys a lot. I do have a, a regular single uh, gal that I play with as well, and we play with her together. We really prefer that dynamic. We have found, at least where we are, you know, we're in a rural mountain community. Everybody here is very image conscious for the most part. So right. the idea that we're just going to meet a couple at a local restaurant or bar, it, it doesn't really factor in because they're many times they're very – insecure about who's going to see us together. Like there may yeah. be someone that knows us and then subsequently they know them and all of a sudden they're swingers too by proxy, you know, that yeah. kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah you're it, guilty it by association. Yeah. It yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. And, uh, even doing that when, when we were back in Los Angeles, we used to call it like landing the space shuttle. That's what we used to call it. Cause I'd have so many screens open in front of me and I'd be talking right. to so many different people. I had nine conversations trying to hone in on just one sort of connection that that seemed okay. It took days and days and days. Yes. It's a lot of work behind it. And factoring in that sort of anonymity that everybody wants, everybody thinks that Los Angeles would be super crazy and super, super open, but it's not. It's a very small community in that everybody does the same thing in Los Angeles. So we ran into that a lot. And also by proxy, nobody really wanted to be related to something that was so horrible and so icky as being being a swinger that uh, they just sort of steered clear. It actually happened after we moved here. It's like as soon as people sort of found out what we were doing, it sort of sort of spread away from us as as much as possible. It right. was like, well, yeah, we still like you, but I don't really want to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like we all go to, you know, we have to go maybe two or three hours away from our home to go to an event if it's a, a local regional event. I just had this conversation with someone the other day. And if we want to go to a to a lifestyle club, the closest to us is Denver. We've got to fly to Denver. Right. So, but for us locally, you know, the, the parties are going to take place two and a half to three hours away. So occasionally we will go to these events. So we live in a subdivision of, you know, four or 500 homes. And it's very popular where we are. If any, if you live in our neighborhood or in our area, you live in our subdivision. So we go to these events and we're at one, a couple, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, and we're meeting some people. And as it turns out, the people that we're meeting of the 60, 70, maybe people that are at this party, there are five fucking couples that live in our subdivision. Yeah. One of them That's we can see from our front door. We can see their home from our front door. We, they don't want anything to do with you in town. They won't meet us for a drink. Hey, listen, we're, we get an email once in a while. We're going to be, uh, you know, in such and such. And they're, you know, they're two hours away. They're in another city or whatever. Hey, why don't you come, uh, you know, come drive out here and meet us for a drink. Like motherfucker, you're two hours away. I can walk to your house. Yeah. You know, what do yeah. I need to do that for? They just don't want to have that immediate connection too close to home. No, but they want to know all about it. They want to hear all about it. It's very, yeah. very interesting, but they don't yeah. want to. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange, it's a strange lifestyle. I don't even, I don't even want to get into the term lifestyle. Lifestyle to me is a very, it's a very odd word for what we use. You know, people don't like to use the word swinger. So they use the word lifestyle. But the fact is, is 
it's not really a lifestyle. A lifestyle is something that you you do. If if you live in the woods and you cook your dinner on a fire every single night and you are outdoorsy, that is a lifestyle. If you are vegan, you eat vegan every day. That is something that dictates your lifestyle every single day. But this is oddly enough closer to a hobby than it is an actual lifestyle, but nobody wants to call it a hobby or actually what it is because it gives sort of less uh, substance to what it actually is. And once you take a little bit of that weight away from it, it starts to sound shallow and that scares the crap out of people. But people yeah. need to just have fun with what they're doing. Treat it like a hobby. It should be treated like a hobby. There is nobody that should treat this whole thing that you're doing that as a lifestyle. It would be absolutely fucking impossible. I can tell you that because Lauren and myself do it almost every day of the week and it drives you absolutely crazy. You know, yeah. there are days where we, when we're at the hotel and we are seeing naked people, we're doing social media, when we get home, we're doing the podcast or whatever, we don't want to see another naked body for hours and hours and hours. It just sort of gets into your head. But I, when people associate the word swinger, there's so many things that come into their heads that, that are just simply not true. And right. it's a hobby. It is a hobby. As, as odd as it sounds, it is closer to a hobby than it is a lifestyle. I agree. I think we're you know sexuality enthusiasts more than anything else. Uh, and when you talk about the term swinger, I had this conversation with a gentleman uh, not too long ago as well, who is, you know, I'm 50. He's about my age. He's a drop older. And he, you know, he's talking to, to uh, folks in the marketing world. He's talking to younger people, millennials. They don't even, first of all, they don't have a, the slightest idea what a swinger is. And if they do have any indication, I, I, you know, images of the 70s are conjured up in their heads yeah. from shit they've seen on TV. So people don't want to be referred to as swingers. They want, you know, well, I'm ethically non-monogamous and, um, you know, uh, whatever label you want to give yourself other than swinger. But the bottom line is that's, that's what we're doing. But as you said, it's not a lifestyle. You couldn't live this 24-7 to be fucking maddening. No, you can't. You you would drive yourself crazy. And and a lot of people, I know I wasn't going to talk about the resort a lot, but it is our life. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people really assume that we are living the absolute dream. They're like, God, your life must be fucking insanely awesome. Yeah. And it's it's not actually. It it is it is not. And it it becomes really taxing trying to to maintain when you're doing it from sort of a business perspective and try to maintain that front, it, it, it's really taxing. It really no. is. I wish, I really wish this, this sounds horrible, but we made a choice. Look, we made a choice to make this our living, to make this our lives, to change our lives and move to Mexico and do what we do. However, I never thought in a million years that we would sort of hijack the life that we had and lose that wonderful hobby that we had at the same time, if that makes any sense to you. Like it makes we total of, sense to me. Yeah, we sort of lost that gray area in between. And yeah. uh, I, I wish we could get it back. We won't be able to get it back until we quit and go do something else, basically. Yeah, no, listen, I get it. For as many people now know who listen to the show, some other shows as I've done some interviews, I come from the the world of adult entertainment for over, you know, for about 27 years, I was an executive in the adult entertainment world. I worked for a large adult entertainment management company. I've opened north of 30 gentlemen's clubs throughout Texas and wow. Florida for the most part, as well as some casinos and that kind of thing. And I used to get it all the time from, from what, from everybody. Oh, you got the greatest job in the world and it, all this kind of bullshit. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. It's a filthy, disgusting place to be at my, at, you know, how, how I had to conduct business. And when I got out of that business and went directly 100% into restaurants, I never step foot in a fucking gentleman's club again. I have no interest in, I don't even want to fucking drive past one. So right. I can imagine, you know, what you guys go through. So with that in mind, I mean, based on what you just said, if you and Lauren could do in the States, what you're doing in Mexico, would you, would you do that? Is it, do you uh, think it would change your perspective on it? No, no, I don't. I, I, there's a lot of wonderful things that come with it. There really are. But, uh, I think just when it comes down to what we do in particular is we're sort of half entertainment and half hospitality. That's sort of where we fall. And you just said you're in the restaurant business. You know, the hospitality business can just suck. Sometimes you Brutal. just have, yeah, you just have to do a lot. And I don't think where we are would make a difference at all. I don't think so. I mean, being here, 
in, in Mexico. We're here because this is where the hotel is and it's sort of where we had to be. Now, we never planned on any of this, any of the podcast, even really the, the workshop. It just sort of all sort of happened. But it is what it is and it is where we ended up. But uh, no, I mean, being here is is pretty cool. I, I we we enjoy the different culture down here. We really do. There are some sacrifices that you make when you when you leave the United States. But there is uh, an aspect of keeping up with the Joneses that just was left behind in the United States. And I'm still enjoying that. It's been over three years now and we uh, we're, we're really enjoying it. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you when it comes to not running with the fucking pack. Uh, I did that shit for a long time, con- concerned about making more money and having a bigger house and all that bullshit. When my company went traded uh, sold to a publicly traded company, I didn't go with the sale. I left and came to rural fucking Montana to simplify yeah. my life. And I couldn't be happier. I wish I had done it thirty years ago. The truth, yeah, it, it's, really, it's a, it's an amazing. It's a blessing to be able to have made made money at some point and sort of get to a point where you are are comfortable enough to go wow i'm i have a lot more stuff but i'm really not that much more happy and to be able to have that revelation is a blessing and we were able to be blessed with that when you sort of look around you can you have the 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 ability to buy whatever you want but know that it's not really bringing you any happiness uh and then the 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 our career sort of started to take a slump and the things that made us happy were very few things. It was like dogs and the the world of the lifestyle. And uh, you know, we we decided to come down here and and live as cheaply as possible. And that's that's what we're doing. It's, yeah, it's, for sure. It's been fun. Yeah, it's the same for us, Brent and I. As I told you earlier when we were talking, our we will be selling our home here uh, this this year and traveling the country. We you know we have uh, we've done well enough, and and we're gonna we're gonna take the year off and kind of decide where we want to end up. I can tell you, it's not going to be in the Rocky fucking mountains because I'm not doing another winter here, but <laughs> it's actually snowing outside right now. So uh. you know we're going to uh, we're going to travel the country and and talk to everybody that we can that is lifestyle oriented in the sex positivity space and just interact with people who are like-minded and and who get it and just kind of relax and and not worry about all the material bullshit you know that's that's good that's good keep bringing it forward i think there's 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 an important role that you play especially and this is not a a dig towards any podcast or anybody who is not out because being out and having your face out there is is an incredibly difficult thing in and of itself, uh, basically based on what we just talked about before about people yep. not wanting to be associated with you. But having more and more people that are coming out and showing their faces is really important because the more you talk about it, but still wearing that mask, which is essential for a lot of people because they have jobs and they have people in their lives. But the more and more it happens where people are showing their faces and showing that there's nothing to be afraid of and they look like you and me and her and him and that we all are the same sort of people. It keeps little by little bringing a lot more normalcy to it. It brings a lot more light into that darkness, which so that that's going to be great. I'm really happy to hear that you're doing that. Well, it's interesting you say that. I I was also speaking to someone about this very subject as well in terms of what do you think happens in the next five, 10 years pertaining to the lifestyle? Predominantly based on what's going on right now, as much as I don't want to get into this fucking COVID-19 bullshit, there are going to, there are going to be some things that come out of this, I think, that are going to change a lot of aspects of life. One of those, I believe, is the sexuality space for a lot of different reasons. And the question I asked was, what do you think the lifestyle or you know the, the sexuality space, as we like to refer to it, looks like? In five years, are we moved forward? Are we have we reverted back to the the dark ages? What does that kind of look like? So, what do you think happens what, in the next five years? What what is the what does the uh, the swinger lifestyle appear to be? I mean, since we we've been we've been doing this for uh, over uh, seventeen years, and just since we started, it's it's moving. It's it moves very very slowly, right, and becomes more and more acceptable. Five years from now, I mean, I can look back five years and notice a difference. One of the biggest difference, not to pat ourselves on the back, is just these podcasts. The amount of podcasts that are out there, the amount of information that's out there is changing the face of the entire lifestyle. It's changing the face of swingers because it's bringing a voice to what was before sort of these uh, rumors and just sort of what you your perception that sort of lived in your mind. 
the the other thing that we we really saw just a shift in in the past five years is the people's reaction to it. So I, I guess five years, ten years ago, the reaction to it was just utter shock. You know, oh my God, right. did you what? That's crazy. And you know, now I'd say we're in a period where people just sort of nod their head and and sort of just don't bring it up. I think five years out from now, it's even more talked about. I think it's even more sort of commercial in a way. Definitely people are letting go of uh, sexual uh, stigmas as far as gay, straight, bi. That is really starting to settle down the quickest out of all of the things that we see in the lifestyle. A lot of that homophobia is gone. A lot of those, that shaming is going away very, very quickly. And I, I think that's a lot to do with the new generation sort of starting to filter its way in and, and change the face of, of all of this. I don't think five years from now it's going to be something that's easily swallowed by somebody in the normal world. But I think it will definitely be something that is way more, way more understood I hope to see more hotels. I hope to see more concept places that offer this. One of the things that needs to happen first is government needs to relax with their, I mean, you, I, I imagine you understand if you, if you were opening adult, adult, what were you, what the strip clubs or? Uh, yes. Or, yeah. That's sexual oriented business. SOB licensed businesses. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the hoops that you have to jump through to amazing. open some, yeah. it's amazing, right? And people don't know. And, and, and even in Los Angeles, when people would try to open up clubs, swinger, swinger friendly clubs, you know, they'd be shut down, not because they were breaking the law, but because they would write a new law every week and shut it down. And then they'd have to go get another permit and then shut them down again and get another permit. And this is all based on people's perception and what they yep. want in their backyard and don't want in their backyard. But the truth is, is it already exists in your backyard. We live here. We're, we're, we're there. They are right. all part of you. So that needs to, that needs to change the most. I think there's a stigma that's attached to government that it doesn't allow places to freely open and thrive as, as a business. Uh, right. it's, 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 I hope that changes. No, I don't disagree. The, the the legalities around lifestyle or swinger clubs, no different from adult entertainment clubs for the right. most part in many cities. I can tell you, Texas, for example, they are BYOB. They are private clubs. You have to be a member. There are a, a number of hoops that you have to jump through. Right. Um, one of the most popular clubs in the nation uh, that you and I are both very familiar with is actually in Dallas. And prior to that club's existence in its current location, it was another swingers club that my company owned. So uh, we, we were the landlords of that property. And many years ago, back in the mid nineties, late nineties, when it opened up, it was very hush hush. It was very quiet. Now people talk about it all the time. It's, it's yeah. I can see some of that kind of evolution, but it is still in the same location in an industrial area without a sign, you know, those kinds of right, things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not, you Just know, shove not it exactly. towards the meat, put it in the meatpacking yeah. district and, uh, no one will talk about it. Just leave it where right. nobody can see it by the, by yeah. the abandoned warehouse. Yeah. In LA, there was a lot of places that they were like by the airport, you were just buying nothing. You know, the more people that realize that are not in the lifestyle, that they can step in to a club or go to a party and they don't, they're not going to fall into an orgy. Like, oops, I've slipped and fallen into an orgy. What do I do now? That's not what it's like. The more and more people that, that are invited into this world where we could come from an angle that's like, hey, you don't have to touch. You don't have to be touched. Just come in and look. Just come in and watch. You know what? We don't mind. You can watch all you want. Right. That would be a great thing for for lifestylers to do with these parties is to start in, in invite reaching out and inviting people who are just curious. But there is such a black and white line that people think exists that you're in or out. Being at the resort for for so long now has really opened our eyes into how many how big the spectrum is between people who just like to watch all the way to to giant orgies and there is just everything in between and it's all okay it's all yeah. okay well it's like anything else and people don't really i don't think are capable of wrapping their head around it or they don't want to when it comes to ethical non-monogamy particularly but it just like in the vanilla world there are variances between people couples do certain things that other couples simply don't do just like in uh you know ethical non-monogamy as you said some people just like to watch 
Others like to jump right in hip deep. It, it, there's room for everyone in that space. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I, hope, think- I, I hope that changes. I hope people get, I hope people get more curious. I hope people aren't afraid of it. I see it going in that direction. It's, it's getting there. It's, it's slow. It, it's slow. It is definitely it is. slow, but, but governments need to relax a little bit for anything to grow further. These laws and these rules, there's a reason these places, these hotels, these concepts aren't open everywhere. The truth is there's a lot of money here. There's a lot yeah. of money and people know that there are people that could buy and sell these places all day long. There's, there's, it's, it becomes really difficult for them to open it. And eventually that hopefully will, will change. Well, sure. I mean, you know, we already, we know, you know, the lifestyle is not, uh, you know, easy to manipulate. It, it, it's an expensive place to be. As you said, you've got to go to, you know, you got to travel out of the country in a lot of cases to go to a resort or you've got to yeah. travel at a state and, you know, do all those things. If we could really kind of simplify this thing, save everybody a lot of trouble. But I go back to what you were said originally when we started this conversation. I understand just like you do that certain people have to keep that anonymity. They yeah. cannot show their faces. They cannot give their real names. They can't just jump out and say, hey, this is who we are and you know, like it or don't, tough shit. But I will say this, the gay community, the transgender community, they have done a much better job of yeah. bringing awareness to their space based on Hey, listen, this is who I am. You don't like me. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and and they've they've done a much better job of it. I think until we are prepared to do that as a community, I just don't think we get to that same level. I think that's part of it. It's so in the shadows still. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. And again, not a slight to anybody because these people have they have families and jobs yeah. and pensions and so many things attached to them. It is a fight. It is a it is a big fight, like like the the LGBTQ. But that fight took a long time. I mean, that was a a really, really long, hard fought battle. And I think it would take equally sort of as long. This is just something new that people need to swallow. I mean, I don't mean to make a pun, but they, you know, they just have to realize that it's not going anywhere. The the fact is, is non-monogamy is becoming more and more popular and the world is getting more and more connected. And it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And it's it's just inevitable. It's just, uh, it's it's sort of, it's just at the brim. It's about to boil over. I can feel it. I feel I the same hope, way. I just hope I'm not dead before it happens. <laughs> right. I say, I tell Brenda that too. Obviously, we were, we're 20 years apart. So hopefully in her lifetime, it'll, it'll actually be that way. I don't know if right. it will be in mine. But I feel the same way you do. It's really gotten, I think, and maybe it's because we're immersed in it, much like yourselves, you and Lauren. You know, obviously, you're at the resort. You've got the podcast. We do what we do. And maybe that's why it feels like there's more of it going on. Potentially, maybe it's just, sub, you know, just kind of a, a subconscious thing. But I do feel like, it's coming a little bit more to the surface. And, and to your point, we have friends that simply cannot show their face and they can't just run around town yelling, you know, that we're, we're eth- ethically non-monogamous or tattoo swinger on their forehead. You know, they've got responsibilities and those kinds of things. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish they were able to do that. They were just able to say, fuck you. This is who we are. But I, I agree. It's going to, it's going to take some time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that. The, I think the difference that we, we get to see is we get to see people our age talking about their kids and their friends. And they, they do come around to a point where, uh, where before it was sort of very stigmatized, there's just a little bit more of a looser feel towards everything. Like what if they find out it's not so, it's not so, oh my God, it's going to ruin my entire life. Now it might just be utterly embarrassing. And that's a great step forward, right? Before it would ruin your life, now it's it's deeply deeply embarrassing that's actually a great step forward so yeah, it's an improvement for sure yeah it is improvement and i agree with you i think that because we are in the position that we do it does feel a lot more normal to us than it does the, the average person that like i said cannot live this as an actual lifestyle it is more of a hobby it does feel that way sometimes and we do a good job of rem- trying to remember that people are in that position that they can't act like us, they can't talk like us, they can't put their photos online, and we try to keep that in the forefront. And uh, yeah. we keep everybody's privacy very, very private because we know how important it is. Um, but that's just the world, unfortunately. Yeah. 
We, yeah, we keep it into perspective too. We realize that people can't just throw it out there like we do. So uh, we, we, <laughs> it's difficult sometimes, but we do but, certainly. But take advantage know. of it. You know, I mean, there is a part of it that feels like this sort of super cool cult. Uh, I don't want to call it a cult, but there is this sort of nice, intriguing side to it. So we have to live with it. Get inside of that world. It's nothing scary. Be a part of this wonderful community that sort of lives in in the shadows right now. Uh, it is a great community out there. And be a part of this amazing community because even though it it sort of lives in the shadows, it's it's a, some of the most bright, wonderful human beings you will ever meet in your entire life. It, it really is. Yeah, there's no question. And and now, you know, we're at the point, Brenda and I, where basically all of our friends, friends that we have together, they're all folks that are ethically non-monogamous. We really yeah. don't have any vanilla friends anymore. It, it just nothing that we, it's not, it's, even though we, we didn't set out to make that a, a thing, but it just worked out that way. Those are the people we gravitate towards. So whether they're people we actually play with or we just go out and meet for dinner occasionally and have a drink because they're a couple, they're a couple and we're in the same space. We're just more comfortable around them. And there is a level of community once you find the people that you are very much in, connected with. Yeah, you know, absolutely. No question. It, is a, it is a foundation of your principles. It's a foundation of your belief systems, your trust, uh, all of those very, very important things that you use when you develop relationships, right? And you find your life getting filtered out to where you are only hanging out with lifestyle people. And it's not so much because you feel exclusive or it's because you're having sex with them. It's because you have this wonderful common denominator that's gluing you all together. And some of the most loyal, wonderful friends that we met, we met through the lifestyle. And some of them are not even in the lifestyle. They're just in it. But like like we had said before, just people who watch and just people who are sort of on the outskirts of it, they just understand and they accept. But they all have that same framework underneath all of that that those wonderful non-judgmental, uh, wonderful aspects of their personality that that we would look for in any friendship. That's my that was going to be my next point. No matter what your situation is personally, you you want to be around people who understand you, right. who you can be be one hundred percent honest and open with. Right. It's very difficult to do that in our case if the those people are not in the sp in the space that we're in. How are you going to have a conversation about the couple you slept with last weekend to your vanilla friends? That's a tough conversation. Yeah, I can't talk about work. Can't talk about really anything that's going on in our life. Now we do. I mean, we we do talk to because obviously we go out in the community here, right? And the Right. People in the community here, they know where we work, but they just, you know, they own a restaurant or a bar or whatever. And we have been lucky enough to find people that are just sort of like, eh, whatever, man, just whatever you do, be right. you. So right. uh, we've been we've been lucky like that. And when you're talking about expats that sort of move, uh, even yourself, you sound like you're going to become a nomad. You yeah. you do have to have this sort of personality trait that's like, hey, man, whatever makes you happy, just sort of go. And we're just fortunate enough to live around that right now. And one of the things that we absolutely despised in the United States was that suburban poison, that suburban cancer that happens in suburbia and that keeping up with the Joneses. And what is she doing? What is she talking about? And everybody's in each other's shit. Yeah. It drove us absolutely crazy. It was like, live your life. Just leave me alone. I told my wife, stop talking to the neighbors. Literally, stop talking right. to everyone. I don't want to be friends with any of them. That's a horrible way to live, you know? Yeah, but, but it's, uh, it, I get it. I, I did it. I did it for so many years, you know, living in a, you know, I had a, yeah, I, I, you know, had a house on a country club. I had a condo uh, and a golf course in Florida. I never played around the fucking golf in my life. I don't right. have to play fucking golf. But, you know, you want to do those things because you think it's the right thing to do. It's what you're supposed right. to do, you know? Yeah. And the truth is you're not, you've got nothing in common with these people. You, you, I, I hid in my house when I was home. If I wasn't traveling for work, I never fucking went outside. I don't want to see yeah. anybody. I don't want to communicate with you. And Yeah, I get it. We, You know, just letting people do what they want to do and not being concerned with, Who's got what in their driveway and how big the neighbor's house is? Or I don't, I just I can't give a shit about that anymore. Yeah, you know? it is. That gets that gets that gets old really, really fast. If I could tell any young person that, uh, just as a life lesson, just being an old person like myself, man, let all of that shit go. Really, just concentrate on what's important. It, it's just you will make your life so much happier. 
Well, I think that's part of it. It took me, you know, it took me a long time to determine what it was that really mattered to me. Like my, you know, my self-awareness, real self-awareness didn't kick in until I was older because I was so focused on that, you know, on, on the task at hand, what, you know, whatever that, that particular project was that I really didn't know what made me happy until I got rid of it all. Right. You know, I just, I just purged all the bullshit and, and moved with a fucking suitcase, literally. Yep. And all of a sudden this other stuff just didn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, other things became more important. Relationships became more important, you know, and that's what made it happen for me. But the other crap, I could give a shit about it. Yeah. And you're always adjusting, right? You find yeah. yourself doing that and then you get to that other spot where you have that revelation and then you feel yourself sort of moving off course again. You got to readjust. And, and Lauren is always like, hey, man, you know, if the stress starts hitting us now, she's like, hey, man, that's not why we fucking moved down here. Remember that. Remember, we ran away from all this shit and we're coming right back around to it. So you're always adjusting, right? Right. You're always adjusting to whatever that point is that you sort of focus on. Just find that point, find that focal point and, and go for it. And maybe that's sleeping with other couples. Hey man, whatever makes you happy. Life is short, you know, life is short. And, uh, we met a lot of very, very wealthy, old, miserable people in Los Angeles. And, uh, it was one of the things that we were like, we do not want to be them. We just yep. don't. I'd rather die tomorrow, to be honest with you. I do not want to end up like that. Yep. We are in a we live in a town, as I told you earlier, that is very image conscious. It is a resort town. It is a very affluent town. And the we were out to dinner and we're out we're having a drink. And there were old inevitably there was a couple or multiple couples who are a drop older, you know, they're in their sixties sitting across from each other at a table, not saying a fucking word to each other. They are absolutely miserable. You know they're well off, but they don't fucking talk to each other. Like being in the same room is clearly fucking painful. You know, they're looking for the somebody to come and interject, like a server, a bartender, someone to get in the middle of them so that they can have a conversation with someone other than their significant other. And it just I I don't want to live that way at all. Not not for any reason, not for any amount of money, not for anything. And just like you could spot a, a lifestyle couple, you damn sure know when they're not. We see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very odd because we've had uh, we've ran into doctors uh, like psychotherapists who said, I wish I could prescribe the lifestyle to some couples, but I can't do it. You know, it's just not obviously not an ethical thing to do, but it is something that is, is crazy. It just really, really sets your priorities. Correct. It, it, it just, again, it brings you right down to the importance of your relationship, communication, honesty, trust. It brings you down to the base of what a relationship should be. And it might not be for everybody. We're not saying that. There right. are just some guys and some gals out there that just cannot handle it. And that is okay. But the, the, the point is, is in any relationship, no matter whether you have that or not, you got to have that honesty. You got to have that trust. And you got to have that communication between one another. For sure. Don't you find, though, that the lifestyle couples that you know in all aspects of their lives are far more balanced? They can have coaching conversations with everyone. They're far more honest. Professionally, they're better at what they do. They're they're generally happier, more friendly people. That's our experience anyway. Yeah, I the wonderful thing about this world is, <laughs> you know, coming from a place like Los Angeles where everything was so money-centric, you know, you could buy your power and your social status was very dependent on your money, your job and everything like that. The wonderful thing about this lifestyle and especially being able to witness it every week at the resort is your power and your money buys you shit in right. this lifestyle. Absolutely nothing. You have to default on your personality, your charm, your best strengths as a person because it doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world, you're not going to fuck my wife. It doesn't right. matter. I don't care. You can, This is a situation that you cannot buy yourself out of. And whether you drove, drove up in a Volkswagen or a Ferrari, it doesn't matter, dude. I'm not sleeping with you. I'm not sleeping with your wife. It's not going to happen. I may choose somebody else, but it's usually based on that connection. And that's something that's really, really important. To have that kind of community in your life really teaches you a lot of things about people, about just relationships, friendships, communication, 
and a lack of ego because when, when people go out into the real world, they slap on these affectations. They slap on, you know, if it's the guy, the tough guy or whatever act he's putting on or the professional guy, the successful guy or whatever she's putting on as her affectation to sort of bring her suitors in. This is a, a, a community that really doesn't support that, right? So you have to learn other tactics. And those tactics are really great for everyday life. They just are. And, and that is the best way I can describe why these relationships are better because they are. And I know that people would say, well, you can't prove that. Well, I say, fuck you, I can, because uh, I've, I've seen a thousand of them. I mean, thousands of them. And I can, I, we, yeah. we, 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 we speak to hundreds a week. We know, we just know. And, uh, it, it is, it is a way of, of living that is, is very healthy. It really is. I mean, there, listen, that's not saying everything is peachy and keen with everybody because shit goes off the rails all the time. But even when it does, there's a better understanding of who people are as people, their wants, their needs and what they're lacking. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that a relationship wasn't ended specifically because they were jealous of somebody else, which, right. uh, and jealousy is always even look, even in my own family, it's happening now. Jealousy is something that is a cancer that will tear a relationship apart quicker than anything on earth. It will just, it will eat it away. And wh whether you're in the lifestyle or you're not in the lifestyle, Got to get that jealousy out of your life. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you do it. Go see a spiritualist. Get an exorcism. Do whatever you got to do, but get that jealousy out of your life. No, 100%. I, listen, I've experienced it my entire life. Uh, my second wife, I've been married four times. I'm a, a four-time loser when it comes to marriage. My <laughs> second wife was a porn actress, and she was the most jealous human being on the planet. If you can imagine a woman going to work and fucking for, for a living and having a problem with me talking to a stranger at a fucking grocery store. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's crazy. It's not something that's healthy for any relationship. I agree 100% with you. A lot of relationships are based on superficial bullshit. Right. The first thing people are concerned about is what car you're driving, you know, what clothes you're wearing, all that crap. All of that goes out the window when you talk about two couples getting together and potentially sleeping with each other. None of that shit matters. It gets None down it to matters. the most important aspects of a person's makeup, the personality, the characteristics. Exactly. And Brent and I talk about it all the time. Some of the most incredible sexual experiences we've had with other people were with people that we maybe ordinarily on first at first sight would not have necessarily been attracted to. But you get to talking to them, and all of a sudden they're just amazing. And they become so much more attractive to you. It and, happens all the time. I mean, literally to us all the time. And I think that's a big piece of what, unfortunately, the vanilla folks are really, they really miss out on. I think you miss out on having really good relationships with people, whether you're sleeping with them or not. You're missing out because you're you're just taking them at simple face value. You're not really concerning yourself with what's underneath all that, you know. And that's, yeah. that's just a big part of it. It's the Facebook mentality, right? A lot of people. Hundred percent. It's it's just like you know people walk through. Unfortunately, they walk through life like you read Facebook, and it sucks, right? Because when I read Facebook, and I do read Facebook just to get news, or if I'm really bored, but I read Facebook and it depresses me. It really does depress me. Now I have yeah. a lot of lifestylers on uh, on our feed. My feed that is my, our lifestyle Facebook and my normal feed are it's like two completely different fucking universes, man. Yep. It's like one universe is is look at me, look what I have, look how much better I am than you that you don't have. And one is about posting pictures that are funny and fun and sexy and just sort of celebrating this this sort of life that we all live. It is incredible to see the two side by side. I even get, when we get friend requests, sometimes, most of the time, I go through a little bit of their profile and I go through a little bit of their feed to see what they're about before I will accept them as friends. I made a big mistake of just accepting sort of everybody that came into our Facebook world and it was a big mistake. And now I sort of, if they're ranting and raving about whatever, they're just it's not worth my time. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. And it I, is. I can't burn that many calories fucking with that stuff. No. Unfortunately, a lot of people walk through everyday life like Facebook. It's, yeah. It sucks.
Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. The social media thing is un, is an unfortunate, necessary evil, obviously, especially for what we do, for what you and Lauren do. Uh, but it is. An, I mean, you if you let it, it will fucking eat you alive. Like yeah. there is so much negativity in that shit, and so and a lot of it is just garbage. It's just total trash. So I really try to lim- limit myself to it. Uh, Brenna deals with kind of our Instagram, and and I can't look at that shit. It, it is just no, mind numbing. I, I I agree. And we do it. We are immersed in it. Right. And not because yeah. we enjoy it. And I think anybody who who is on Twitter or any place with me knows that I don't really I just sort of go on there, throw something out there and then I'm out and it sucks for everybody else. But um, I just I don't really like to get that immersed in it. I really, really don't. It is a billboard. It is to to either tell somebody something or to sort of spread some sort of message that I was feeling that day. That's, yeah, that's it, basically it. Yeah, we. I mean, we have literally just as of just a couple of days now just decided that it is going to simply be a, you know, it's a piece, it's marketing for us. It's how we're going to get our word out and, and spread some information. But the, the constant engagement is, I mean, it's just life sucking and it simply isn't worth the effort. Yeah. You know, it, it really isn't a lot of time. So, yeah, we're 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 backing away from it as much as we possibly can. It's a it's a business thing for us uh, primarily. And then, you know, the people that we love to engage with, we have private groups with, you know, we have a telegram right. group and those kind of things. And those are the people that we just enjoy spending you know time with. Even now, especially since uh, obviously we're on house arrest for the most part, we're doing kind of digital communication yeah. with folks every weekend. And, you know, we were chatting with like eight or 10 couples this last weekend, just just bullshitting. I mean, just having a good time laughing and joking. And uh, that's what it's for, as far as I'm right. concerned. That's what that social media piece should be for, for that that positive interaction. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's, you know, it, it just takes too much time up. So, you know, with all of that, what are, what's the plan for the, the room 77 podcast? What are you guys doing next? What's the, uh, what's the trajectory look like? We are going to stay on the same course of not knowing what the fuck we're doing. We really don't. Um, we have no idea where it's going. We really don't. Like I said, uh, you know, we make our money in scattered different ways, all the way from tips to Patreon to just a bunch of different ways. And uh, we don't know. We really, we really don't know. Uh, we just try to put out what we think is interesting and fun, and and we don't know. We really don't know where it's going. We don't want to get into anything that is that is too heavy, heavy-handed. Right. You know, everybody sort of has their their piano here. Everybody sort of has their keys that they're playing on the piano. We all get the same piano, right? It's just right. how you play your keys, right? And right. right now, we're just sort of playing the keys that we think are fun. And that make people happy. And uh, as long as it keeps bringing us enough money to live, we're happy. We, we right. really are happy. And we're just going to keep taking it day by day. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you're you doing any, what you enjoy. If you do you what you enjoy any, doing. Yeah. If you have any ideas, just let us know. Just write them down. Uh, <laughs> we have t- people telling us all the time what we should be doing. We're like, you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. You're, you're hired. You can do it. <laughs> We don't really know. We we don't we don't know. We're not well, great doing, planners. That's okay. Brent and I, you know, we're we're just kind of doing what we love as well and uh, letting some things happen organically. Obviously, there are some things that we do that are strategic, but really just kind of letting it come to us as it does. And uh, and again, just taking this time that we all obviously have uh, a little more extra, you know, free time. Uh, really, just kind of letting things happen and and immersing ourselves in the stuff that we enjoy doing and. This thing will go wherever it goes. It's going to go on the road. That's for damn sure. We're looking forward to that. But yeah, it's uh, this whole space is really kind of changing. I, I think it's always kind of moving. You know, it's always in flux to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. And it's times like this that forces people to become creative. These are exactly. problems that have to be solved in very creative ways. And, you know, it's, as much as it sucks for literally the entire planet, it's amazing because these are times where it make us think about different things. We see things through a different prism. We look at it from a different angle. We find different things in ourselves that we didn't know existed. Things come into perspective. These are important times. They change us as people. They actually change the world. So we should all take this time and do things different, find different ways to, to attack the world, if you will, attack, yeah. attack this enemy and you know, attack those own little demons that you got in your own head that you got all the time in the world to do it. Do it now. For sure. 
are you and uh, you and Lauren coming out of this thing a little differently? You think? Have you what have you kind of found a new uh, a newfound uh, respect and perspective for each other and and love for each other? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, Lauren is a germaphobe (laughs) and I am a hypochondriac. So, uh, this is not a good time for, for us really. Um, no, I mean for us in a very, very selfish way, we are enjoying, even though it's making us poor as hell, we are enjoying just the downtime for a second and being able to just sort of focus for a second because, uh, being at, like I said, being at desire, uh, so every day, is just it's exhausting and we get home and we come and we just want to go to sleep and we've never actually had time this much time off to just sort of kick back and and think so we're we're just sort of hanging out doing our thing finding different ways to make money you know uh we're just we're just doing different things we're doing some some videos but we're doing them on patreon and we had just did a, a podcast and we split it in two different parts right because we didn't you know obviously podcasts are free and we did two we did one that sort of lived on online and then we charged a dollar for for another one that was on patreon because we well, see how that works out and, and well, your, people your videos responded. are awesome by the way i mean you're, oh, you're God. like the best fucking production <laughs> we don't, we, it's my time. I just I wish I could do just videos. I really do, but they they take so long to do them well. So yeah, I mean we're just we're just I don't know, honey. What are we doing? She's sitting over there staring at me. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Maybe we'll make more videos. I don't know. Well, they're great. You guys have amazing videos. Your quality is like it's super fucking impressive. So the more of those you can do, the better, I'm sure. All right. So listen, man, I appreciate this time. I'm not going to keep you much longer and let you get back to your lovely wife. Tell us where everyone can find you. Room 77 podcast, or you can head on over to Room 77 Life. Check out all of our stuff. You probably see some nasty pictures of Lauren and myself. Feel free to browse through them and touch yourself. Completely nice. up to you. Nice. Yeah, reach out, uh, take a listen, and uh, we're always around. Richard, I appreciate it, man. We have got to do this again at some point. I'm really sorry again we haven't done it sooner, but I no, appreciate no, no, you no. taking I, the time. I'm a hermit, man. I'm just, I just sort of sit back and do my own thing, and I'm happy that you reached out. It really it means a lot. Not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people do. So I, I'm actually I'm impressed that you do because that's, I would be scared to do that. Nah, I'm, that to I'm that guy. No, I, I just, I appreciate it. I really wanted to get in touch with some folks like yourself and a couple of the other guys in the space that, that I admire. I like what you do and really appreciate the, you know, the, kind of the, the words of wisdom that you throw out. You, you and Lauren have a fucking hilarious podcast, by the way. I don't listen to a lot of them as you and I had that conversation. Yeah, we, I'm terrible at it. This. I am but, terrible. We're terrible yeah, at it too. It's terrible it's very... at it. But if I want to fucking laugh, I do listen to you guys because it's absolutely, it's, it's just good shit. I dig it. So awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you it. so much, man. Thank so you. again, man, thank you very much. And we will absolutely uh, touch base sometime soon. Thank you so much. Take care, Have Richard. All right, you too.